What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be with you guys. This is the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast, and I am so excited to get into everything uh, that happened this last week with the Big Ten Conference and a lot of good games, a lot of fun games that we had on yesterday. And we're going to dive into most, if not all of them, and kind of what we saw and uh, just discuss things that we're starting to see right now is the time of the, the, the point of the season when you can really start picturing some of these storylines kind of develop. And we are done through the first quarter of the, of the year. Some people have, start, have got their buys. Some people are starting to get their buys. Uh, very crucial when that buy is paramount even uh, when they can get back uh, you know take a week off get back to the basics and stuff like that so I want to start off uh, by apologizing my voice is a little raspy this last week I've had an opportunity to go to a few concerts last uh, last night I didn't get home until about three in the morning so fighting off that uh, you know post-concert party uh, head if you want to call it uh, you know so uh, my voice is a little raspy and and uh then you can just blame it on that. But I'm here with you guys, and I'm really excited to get into everything today. So we'll be talking about what we saw, uh, recapping. We also do right and wrong uh, on today's episode, where we were right, where we were wrong. We're going to take a look back at the tiers from last week, uh, who we think is going to be moving up and down, if we have time at the very end of the podcast. So we're going to start off with... Uh, the game of the week, right? It was on. It was on Fox. A lot of people watched it. We're gonna start off with the Michigan Wolverines. Now, for those of you who know, I've, I've discussed this a little bit. Uh, I grew up in the household of a, an all-time Michigan Wolverines fan. Uh, we did not miss any game. I remember vividly all of the games growing up. My my father loved, loved, loved Michigan, and we always watched them. Since I that since I can remember is is Michigan. Uh, I even remember back in the day when when you had to record the game, the only way to do it was to get an old you know VHS recorder, and it would we I don't even know how it's possible. I'm I'm a Gen Z, I don't even know how it's possible, but we'd somehow give the game that was recording, and we would get it onto this VHS thing, and then we would play it back and watch it. Don't really remember how it was possible, but we did. And I remember one of the, the games in particular was the Appalachian State Michigan game in the big house. I remember I was playing football that day. And uh, so kind of interesting. I followed them. And last year, my father was super happy, like most Michigan fans, right? You were able to get to the college football playoff. You were able to play for an opportunity to get to the national championship. Now you didn't. You lost to Georgia to you know eleven to thirty four in the Orange Bowl. You didn't get there, uh, but it really felt like Michigan had got back on track. I, I felt like a lot of years, uh, Michigan just was was kind of stuck in the same place. They were good, not great. Good, not great. Good, not great. You look through the the, the you know the Rich Rod years, kind of a dark time. I know my, my dad doesn't really have very many fond memories and nor do I of the Rich Rod years. Then you have the Brady Hoke years where, uh, you know, he tries to turn around, was unable to. And then we've got Harbaugh and Harbaugh came out swinging. Uh, it dipped. Obviously the worst year was 2020. Everyone had a bad year in 2020. Not going to hold that against them. And then we get, get back up to 10 and, or 12 and two. He's been very consistent, but he's also had a lot of turnover 
in 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 his coaching staff, right? Josh Gaddis leaving. Now we're we're inputting these two new offensive coordinators in, and it was interesting because when when you're hearing the announcers talk, they they always. I feel like they they don't tell us the whole story when they're like, oh, you know, we talk to so and so, and uh, we're asking, well, who's going to call the plays, right? Number one, these the the, the announcers are never going to outright criticize uh, any of the coaches. They are very very careful on what they say, just because they're getting interviews. They want to maintain the relationships. They don't want to get on there and just slam them. Uh, despite some teams needing to be slammed and be called out and, and to actually talk about the story. But they allow that for the podcasters and for you know ESPN, Fox, uh, as they talk about it throughout the week. They kind of leave that to them. But, but I thought something was very telling in, in the Michigan-Maryland game is when they said that we asked them, well, well you know, third down, who calls the plays? Well, we both do. And I thought that was interesting that they shared that story because it could have easily been like, you know, this guy calls a play. That guy calls a play. And it was interesting that the announcers are sharing the story, right? Uh, and I find it really interesting what Michigan is doing. Now, you have a head coach. I like the head coach to be the walk-around guy. I think that all of the good head coaches are the walk-around guy. You look at Mike Tomlin in the NFL. Uh, he's kind of the rah-rah. He's able to kind of mitigate all of the the issues within every single aspect uh, not just a coordinator, right? He's not going to just be focusing on his job, but he's able to focus on the offense and the defense. And so you've got the, the, the one voice in the locker room. Everyone knows you're listening to Jim, right? But the development of J.J. McCarthy, it looks like that's the route they're going. Cade McNamara, we haven't seen him. I know he, had, he was in concussion protocol, I believe. Uh, we haven't seen him in the last little bit. So it looks like the route they're going is J.J. McCarthy. And that kid is an absolute gunslinger. He can play wild at times. He uses his athleticism to scamper, to get out of problems that he might, you know, inadvertently create uh, with his athleticism. It could be a blessing and a curse, right? And I think for a young, uh, a young quarterback like that, you know, he's a sophomore. He might even be like a, uh, a COVID freshman. I, I don't really know uh, how that's going to kind of roll out, but I think you've got to have one voice in the ear of the quarterback and having two voices just seems kind of like oversight. Like what, what, what are you doing? One guy could be the quarterback's coach and one be the offensive coordinator, but why do we have two co-offensive coordinators? It seems a bit odd. Uh, we see the Patriots. I know people were talking about it and they kind of likened it to the Patriots. Uh, they didn't really know who the coordinator was. And, and we kind of seen they've struggled. Mac Jones doesn't look quite as good as what he did with, with Josh McDaniels. And I know we're talking pro versus college, but you really need to have one guy in the air, the quarterback, coaching him. And preferably either a guy that played the position or just a straight-out offensive guy. You can't put it, you know, a defense coordinator. That's not what Michigan's doing. But having two voices, I think, is disrupting the timing of this team. Michigan really should have beat Maryland by more. And maybe Michigan really is that good. Maybe I'm, I'm downgrading, uh, sorry, Maryland. Maybe Maryland really is that good. Maybe I'm downgrading Maryland a little bit. But Michigan at home, coming off of, you know, your first three games, you've just mollywopped everyone. This is your first game, and you just didn't look crisp. It looked uh, lethargic at times. It looked messy at times. And you can, like I said, you can chalk it up to our first Big Ten game. You can chalk it up to maybe two offensive coordinators. But Michigan, in order to make this run, Michigan 
needs to figure itself out. And you've got to figure it out quick because you've got Iowa this week, followed by Indiana, which I think they'll beat. And then you've got Penn State. So two of the next three weeks, you've got some really big games that are going to overall affect the entire season. Uh, And I really think that they've got to get this figured out. And it's got to be figured out very, very quickly. Uh, Right now, when you're looking around the league, Ohio State looks like, you know, they've kind of got back on track with the win over Wisconsin. Wisconsin may have just been overrated and they really just aren't that good. But and, and, and I know I was hard on Ohio State to start the season 21 to 10, uh, just barely escaping a win over over uh, Notre Dame, an 11 point victory. And Michigan did beat Maryland by seven. It was at home, so at times these teams have have maybe looked down. The the only difference is that it was a Big Ten school uh, versus a non conference game. And I know Maryland or Notre Dame is a lot better, but uh, just kind of interesting. It kind of showed. Uh, a lot of things that Michigan can improve on. I thought that they have been one of the best teams in all of college football that I've seen. Uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, they had looked really, really good. Alabama, right? Uh, and they just did not look like that. And if they want to be Iowa this Saturday uh, in Iowa, then you've got to look a lot better. And you've got to be able to put the ball in the back of the end zone. You've got to, you know, cut out those little mistakes because the Iowa defense is stout. So that's kind of my thoughts to start start this off. Michigan's got to get itself figured out pretty quick. Uh, and then the only the other thing that I wanted to touch on before we get into right and wrong is the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They had an absolute heyday uh, going to Michigan State. Right? They have they're now four and zero, and they looked dangerous. I mean, Tanner Morgan, that was arguably his best game as a Golden Gopher. And Minnesota, just they've just been around. And right now, I think they're the leaders in the clubhouse in the Big Ten West, uh, with Iowa at times looking very bad, and Wisconsin not really playing up to snuff this go-around. I mean, who are they? Who, who's the, the real threat on this side of the conference? Nebraska's down. Purdue hasn't looked great. They have, they've had their moments. Northwestern just lost to Miami of Ohio. You've got Illinois, who's, who's getting there. I don't think Illinois is there yet to be quite talked about. Minnesota is the clear leader, and they went to uh, Sparty, and they beat them decisively with a 34-7 victory. I think this next week is going to be a really fun week as they come home against Purdue. And then, I mean, they, they, they pull Penn State on the road. And they have Iowa and Wisconsin back to back, but they get Iowa at home, and I'm and Wisconsin has not looked good. Uh, this this Minnesota team, they you know obviously they avoid Ohio State, they avoid Michigan. They very easily could be undefeated at the end of the season. Now it's very very hard to do that. I don't like to call for undefeated seasons just because it takes one bounce of the ball wrong and your entire season changes, right? As long as you stay healthy and everything, but give it up for Minnesota. I thought they were going to be good. I predicted them at nine and three. Uh, they still could get nine and three, but they're looking a lot better than what I had thought at this point in the season. I've been very impressed with PJ Fleck and his squad there, and we'll see if they'll be able to make some noise uh, on the race to Indianapolis. So shout out to the Golden Gophers. 
so next up, we're going to go through right and wrong. Uh, if you guys listen to the Thursday podcast, we always release the our spread betting lines, the, the, the lines we like versus the lines we don't like, uh, and then our final predictions. Now, one of the things that we always do on this podcast is to predict every single one. Uh, if I was gambling of you know my money for real, if I wasn't doing this podcast... I would say, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet every single, every single one of these. I always give my analysis what, what way I would be leaning. Uh, there's some of these that would be absolute locks. I'd say, you know what, I love this game. And then there's some where I'm like a little bit lackluster. Uh, and so we always go through those. You need to listen to the Thursday podcast if you haven't. But because it's a Big Ten podcast, I want to predict every single game, despite it being ugly sometimes. So uh, we had a good week as far as the money line goes. It just, uh, Northwestern, again, I was very, very skeptical going in, saying I shouldn't bet on these guys. They can't burn me again. They just burned me with SIU. This is the last time. And what do they do? They go out and lose. We were 8-1 and one on the money line and 4-5 and five on the spread. So this was our worst week on the spread, our first losing week uh, of the season. But it brought our totals up to 27-20 and 20, uh, for the spread this year and 38 to nine uh, on the money line this year. We're doing really good at predicting the overall outcomes of the game. But uh, the spread this week kind of ate us up. Uh, I think my analysis on some of the games uh, may have been a little bit more Big Ten leaning uh, for, you know, Cincinnati. I didn't think they'd be Indiana by 16 and a half, and they did. So there were some things. So let's get into it, where we were right and where we were wrong. So to start off, uh, where we were right, Illinois on the, the points, minus 18, the money line. We were right on the Michigan money line. We were right on Central Michigan plus 28. We said that Central Michigan can score. I didn't think that they would beat Penn State, so we're right on the money line. But I said, hey, watch out. Central Michigan's going to put up points against them. Uh, now, it, and, they, and they held them back a little bit. Uh, Central Michigan is one of those teams that, uh, that they're just good and they can play really well at times. And so uh, looking at it, they were able to cover that, 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 that plus 28. We were right on the Cincinnati money line, uh, beating Indiana. Uh, wrong on the Indiana uh, spread. We'll get into that in a minute. We were right with Minnesota with the points. We ate the points in the money line. We were right on Iowa's money line. We were right with the points, uh, minus 18.5 for Ohio State and the money line. And we were right on the Purdue money line. Now, where we were wrong is we were wrong with Michigan, minus 17. Indiana, minus 16 and a half, or plus 16.5, sorry. Rutgers plus seven and seven and a half. Purdue minus twenty and Northwestern minus seven. Now, a couple goofy things happened. First of all, I thought Indiana would keep it close. It, it was not close. Uh, Indiana, I, I think that their uh, late game heroics, their three and zero, was a little bit misleading. But hey, uh, what do you do on that one? I, I thought Rutgers at times had chances. They just didn't capitalize on those chances. Uh, I didn't think Iowa would beat them over seven and a half. I thought maybe a touchdown, but I thought it was going to be a little bit closer than that. Obviously, I predicted a one-point game, uh, but even with the points, uh, as I was as I was doing the analysis, I did not see that one coming. Purdue struggling with FAU. Uh, Boilermakers, are you, do you know that you can beat teams that like you can you can actually beat them? I know you beat Indiana State, but against FBS teams, you can actually beat them really bad. It doesn't have to be always this absolute dogfight of a game. Like you, you know that Boilermakers. Sorry, Boilermaker fans, you're going through it. It's two, you're two and two though. Move uh, to two and two after the twenty-eight to twenty-six victory, and then Northwestern. Uh, they're kind of like Nebraska. They're they're fading. As, as the season goes on, I, I want to talk about everyone, but you're fading into irrelevance when you're 1-3 with losses to uh, 
Duke, Southern Illinois, and Miami of Ohio. I don't know if they get another. I mean, there's a potential where they don't get another win the rest of the year, pulling teams like you know Ohio State and uh, and Maryland uh, from the other side of the conference. I was looking and Penn State as well, which you got next week, and uh, obviously playing in the Big Ten West, you're not. The, the tops. Maybe they turn it around. I kind of doubt it for Pat Fitzgerald and the Northwestern Wildcats. So that's why we were right, where we were wrong. Like I said, losing week, first losing week of the, the spread. We're still 27 and 20 for the which moves us to uh, around 57, 58% in between there. Uh, so it's 57.4%, so closer to 57. We want to try to, we want to be over half, but my, my ultimate goal would to be at, be at 60%. So this week, we've really got to lock in on those lines. We have a lot of fun games coming up this week. Uh, obviously, we've already touched on the Michigan-Iowa game. Uh, I think that's going to be really an intriguing game going forward. Uh, Can Michigan's offense really outlast the Iowa's defense? Uh, And then can Michigan's uh, defense get the stops when necessary uh, when your offense is unable to convert? Because there's going to be at times where it might be frustrating. Uh, Minnesota-Purdue, the line was already out. I think the line came out at minus 10 uh, this afternoon. That is a really, really fun line. I'm excited to see where the line movement goes over the next couple days before we record the betting podcast uh, and the pre podcast. Wisconsin, Illinois, Brett Bielema going back to Madison. Uh, again, that should be that should be fun. Uh, last year he lost to Wisconsin 0-24. Uh, uh, this is going to be his first time back in Madison, I believe, since uh, well, since he's been the head coach of, of Illinois. So that should be fun. Uh, we've been locked in, in on Illinois. We've really liked what they've been able to do this year. They've got an absolute gauntlet the next three games. Wisconsin, at Wisconsin, home against Iowa, home against Minnesota. So we'll be keeping an eye on the fighting Illini as they go forward. Uh, Maryland, Michigan State looked like Michigan State was kind of a clear front runner beginning of the year to beat them. Uh, if I would have predicted it, you know, at the very beginning of the year, looks like Maryland might be turning it around and they're kind of fighting for relevance in that uh, that brutal side of the Big Ten East. And then uh, the other game that I'm really excited for, uh, I think the Nebraska-Indiana game, I know that's it's, it's, it's an ugly game, but I think it's going to be fun. I think... Uh, Watching what what both of those teams are able to accomplish. If you're Indiana, you're hoping you can pull one over on Nebraska to go four and one. If you're Nebraska, you're just hoping hoping you don't lose to Indiana. Uh, really, an interesting game that and, and it's at home, uh, so you you're really you know praying that that, that isn't the case uh, for the Corn Huskers, especially coming off of a bye. Now, just to wrap up this podcast, uh, we were gonna we wanted to take a look back at the tiers that we did last week. If you did not have a chance to listen to the tiers, uh, you're, you need to go back and listen to last week's podcast. We're going to touch briefly on. And for those of you who don't know, I, I like doing the tiers. I'm not so much of a rankings guy or a power rankings, a top 25 versus power rankings. I know I'm just covering the Big Ten, but I'm just not. That's not my kind. That's not my forte. So we've, we've broken up into five uh, groups right now. Uh, freaking out. I think Northwestern has kind of entered that uh, that realm. Wisconsin, if you lose... Then, you know, one or two games here, I think you could be getting into the freaking out. Maryland, I think you're trending up. You're feeling good about that. Rutgers, I think you're kind of neutral right now as a fan. I think you kind of expected a loss to Iowa, but you're hoping that you can pull a couple of quick ones so you get uh, into that bowl game. And then, uh, obviously, Minnesota's feeling really, really good right now. Uh, if you're a Minnesota fan, you're, you're on top of the world. You're over the moon. 
and so those are kind of our tiers. Uh, we will release them probably every other week just to give us uh, time in between to see what's happening. We probably will rename the tiers uh, as, as the season rolls along because we, we do those groupings of, of teams. I think there's a lot of teams with a lot of similarities in the Big Ten. But uh, overall, another great week of college football. Getting ready. Like I said, week five should bring some more drama, some more uh, interesting games, and I think it's going to provide uh, a path for some of these other you know, Big Ten teams with, with what's been going on in the rest of the FBS uh, to hopefully be breaking into the college football playoff. And uh, I love college football. A phenomenal, phenomenal weekend and another weekend that I'm looking forward to. It's now, we're going to be into spooky season come next uh, next podcast into October. It's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait. Uh, again, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get updates for the Thursday podcast. Like I said, 27 and 20 for the spread, 38 and 9 on the money line this year. We're filling ourselves. We're feeling good. We're, we're predicting what's right. I would love to go undefeated next week on the money line. Undefeated on the spread as well. That's probably a little bit more uh, unrealistic, but I would love it. I would love to see it. Uh, but we're going to keep on, uh, you know, just chugging away. We love it. Uh doing all of the the predictions and stuff so be sure to tune into that on thursday we'll be back here next uh with you recording next sunday as always i hope you guys have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you on thursday